You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. As we wrap up our, our series today on prayer, one of the things I, I just wanted to, I felt like God put on my heart to talk about is this, how do we wait on the answer, right? How do we, how do we wait? Anybody do some, you know, Black Friday shopping online? Anybody by a show of hands? Come on, I know some people. Yeah, okay, there's a few people. Or how about this? Anybody like to buy stuff on Amazon? Any, any Amazon people in the house? Come on, I love to buy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love to buy some stuff on Amazon. Um, but, you know, many times when we buy stuff on Amazon and we click the purchase, right, and the money leaves our account and I click the purchase button, I can't just walk out to my front door on the porch and see an Amazon package there, at least not right now, right? What do we record the date? Not right now in 2020. Maybe next year at this time we can, right? But not right now. I can't click purchase and open the door and it's right there. And in many times, that's what happens whenever we pray and we're seeking God for something. When we're believing God for an answer from his word, from a promise from his word, we pray but we don't always see the answer in the natural right away. In fact, let's by a show of hands, how many of you have ever prayed for someone, a situation, um, something like that? You've prayed and you've seen an immediate response. You've seen something immediately change. Okay, yes? A few show of hands, my hands up. Yeah, a few people. Now let's flip the script. How many of you have prayed for something and you didn't see something change immediately in the natural? Not immediately in the natural at least. Yeah. Quite a few of us, right? This happens many times, and what I think happens is sometimes as believers, we will pray, and then we don't see something change immediately or for the next day or for the next week, and many times we come up with this doctrine of, well, I prayed according to God's word. I prayed, but nothing happened, so it must not be God's will for me. I want to sh- just pull back the curtain real quick and show us what's going on whenever we pray and how we have to choose to do our part and to stand in faith. Let's look at a verse here. It's found in the book of, uh, a few verses. It's found in the book of Daniel. I'll give you some context to this. Daniel has been praying. He's been seeking God for something. He needs an answer. He needs a message from God. And he's, he's seeking God. And from the moment he prays, the answer is coming. But when we pick up right here, we're going to pick up, this is an actual, an angel showing up to talk to Daniel. And it says this. Then he, the angel, said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Look at this. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, he came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. How does this relate to us? We see there's several different things here. It says, since the first day you begin to pray. Many times when we pray, and as we've looked in this entire series, when we pray in agreement with God's word, what happens? Heaven hears us. God hears our prayer when we pray in agreement with his word. And 1 John says what? When you pray in agreement with his word, he hears and he wants to answer you. He will answer you. It's a promise from God. But many times the answer is on its way and not in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm, what's happened? There is a hindrance. Paul talks about this all the time. 
We are at war. This is why we have the armor of God. There is things going on, not in the natural, but behind the scenes in the supernatural, hindering answers from God from coming to your doorstep. Why? Because the devil hates your guts. We have an enemy. He hates your guts. He hates your family. He hates your friends. He doesn't want you to receive God's best, and he will do whatever it takes to hinder God's best from coming to you. So what happens? Daniel has a, a choice to, 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 to do right here. Since the first day you prayed, what happened? The angel, heaven heard, and the angel was sent. But what happened? Daniel continued to pray. He continued to pray. Throughout this time, what's he doing? He didn't just stop and be like, well, I guess God's not going to answer me. I guess it's not his will. No, he continued to pray until what? The answer showed up. The moment I pray, heaven hears me and the answer is mine, even if I don't see it in the natural yet. But there's a process that takes place, and we have a big part to play in this. There's a huge process that takes place. Let me show you what, I'm, what I mean. I'm going to have my son Gavin come up here and help me out. Gavin, come on up here. Bring that rope up there with you. We give it up for Gavin as he's coming up here. <clears throat> come on up here, big guy. All right, I'm going to have Gavin stand on this side of the stage over here. Gavin is going to represent the promise from God. Here's what happens. Many times we're reading God's word. We are reading God's word and we discover a promise from God. Man, God wants me to be healed. God wants to give me favor. God wants to supply my needs. God is on my side. He has a blessing for me so I can bless other people. I have a promise from God and I see that. The first thing I have to do is i got to ask God for it. In fact, that's point number one if you're taking notes is this. I rope the answer when I ask in faith. I rope the answer when I ask in faith. Let me show you what I mean. Up here, Gavin's going to represent the promise from God. Gavin, put this over your, over your head and underneath your armpits there. I'm going to cinch this up to make it a little easier for you. Gavin's going to represent the promise from God. This rope is my rope of faith. And what happens is many times the promise of God isn't physically with me. I'm not touching Gavin with my physical hands. But what happens is whenever I pray and I ask God for the promise specifically, what happens is I have my answer by faith, by this rope. Obviously, whenever I pray, I don't have a physical rope that drops down from heaven, right? They got to pull on. <laughs> no, that's not what happens. It's an invisible, invisible rope. By faith, I have what? I have the answer from God. In fact, let's take a look at this. There's a few verses here. The first one is this, in Matthew 6, 8, Jesus says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. We talked about this early in our series. Many times what happens is we know that God is all-knowing, that he knows all of our needs, but what happens is many times we think, well, God already knows, but we don't take time to actually stop and specifically ask. When I am specific with my prayers, it brings specific results and answers, and that's where many people miss it. They think, God already knows, but have you actually asked in agreement with his word and by faith? Look at John 16, 23 through 24. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Many times, many Christians go through their life, and what? Up until now, you've haven't asked, biblically asked, by faith for the answer. You haven't asked for it. But if you would, what happens? Jesus says, my father, what? He'll give you. 
He'll give you, and you will, you will ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. But too many Christians are going through their life and they're settling for less than God's best. God's made some promises. And God has these good things for you. He has provision for you. He has healing for you. He has freedom for you. But what happens is many times we don't even rope it. Many times we think, well, that's for them. That blessing was for them. They're just a little more spiritual than I am. Many times we don't even have the faith to ask. And God is in heaven saying, I could do so much more in your life if you would just have the faith to ask me for it, for the promise of God. Can I remind you, if God spoke it, you can have it. If he promised it, it's already yours when you ask by faith. If he spoke it, if it's in here, you can have it. You can have it. So here's what we do then. Now we're in a situation. If I ask by faith, I have the promise, and I've roped this promise. I don't have it physically yet, but I have the promise of God over there, and here I am, and now I have a decision to make. I have it by faith in the invisible realm, right? I don't have it physically. So what do I do? Look at this verse from John 15. John 15, 7, it says this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Look at this. If you abide in me, what? That's my relationship with God. If I am seeking Jesus daily, this is what Abide Church is all about. It's an intimate, personal relationship with him. If I'm doing that and what? My words abide in you. If I am full of this thing, we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. Whenever life squeezes me, what comes out of me? Is it more Jesus or is it the world? If his words abide in me, if that's what's on my mouth, meditating on it day and night, what? You will ask what you desire and it shall be done. So the question is, what do you desire? Are you desiring things that align with God's word? If so, Jesus says, I can take care of that. I can take care of that. So here's the question. I have the promise roped here whenever I ask. Now what do I do? Choice number one is this. I pull the rope when I speak God's word. I pull the rope when I speak God's word. Here's what happens. Let's say I'm believing God for my healing. Gavin's going to represent healing. I say, God, I thank you that your word says that by Jesus' stripes we were healed. You've already paid for my healing, my complete healing, and right now I ask you for it to manifest it in my body in Jesus' name. What have I done? I've roped the promise. What happens? Sometimes I open my eyes and I don't feel any better. Sometimes I open my eyes and I still have pain in my body. And so what do I have to do? Every day when I wake up, God, I thank you that I am complete and I am whole and I am healed. I thank you that your word says, Jesus, that you took, you bore our sin, you bore our sickness and disease, and you buried it in the grave. I thank you for it. God, your word says that, your, that healing is a part of the atonement, that's part of your benefits, that you forgive all of our sin, that you heal all, not some, all our diseases. I thank you that I am healed in Jesus' name. And over time, maybe not the next day, maybe not the next week, it may take some time, but I pull this closer. How? By doing my part. Speaking God's word. Gavin, I have you go back to the other side over there, Bubba. Go all the way back over there. Reset. If I need provision in my life, I need some, I need some help financially. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to pay that bill. I don't know how we're going to make ends meet. God, I thank you, number one, that you said if we lacked wisdom, we could ask for it and you'd give it to us. I've roped the promise. I got it. 
Now, God, I thank you that I don't know, I, I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, you said you provide every need according to glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you said that you would go before us, that you'd make our path straight. And God, I am honoring you. Your word says that in Matthew 6, that if I seek you, you will take care of everything else. And what am I doing? I'm pulling the promise in closer and closer until I get it. All right, guys, you can go to the other side. <laughs> let's, look at, let's look at some verses from Jesus. In, in Mark 11, 22 through 24, it says this. So Jesus answered and he said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what? You will have them. Many times, if we're not careful in the church world, we've gotten off into this little bit of, well, you can't just magically say this phrase and something's going to happen. But we have to remind ourselves that speaking is crucial to getting the promise from God. Let's look at the comparison between speaking and believing. Jesus says this in, in verse 23 when he was talking about this. What does he say? I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. What's he showing us? He's saying what? Speaking is directly tied to your believing. What I'm speaking and allowing to come out of my mouth will determine what I actually believe in my heart. Three to one is what Jesus says. So I better watch my mouth. Whenever I pray and the answer didn't happen immediately, what am I saying in the meantime? If I'm speaking God's word, what am I doing? I'm pulling on the rope. I'm pulling this promise closer and closer to me. In fact, that's why in Proverbs 18.21 says what? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat its fruit. Whatever I'm speaking, I will reap. Whatever I'm speaking, I will eat. I will come back to me. Whatever I am allowing to come out of my mouth. And I would just say this, if I'm not speaking God's word, I'm guaranteed to fail. If I'm not speaking God's word, I'm guaranteed to fail. I may succeed at some things, but if I'm not speaking God's word in the waiting, I'm going to get sidetracked. If I'm not speaking God's word, I'm not pulling this promise closer and closer every single day to me. And it may take years. It may take some time but I have to do my part. What am I allowing to come out of my mouth? All right, guys, you can go back to the other side. The last one is this. I drop the rope when I doubt God's word. I drop the rope whenever I doubt God's word. Here's what happens. Many times we rope the promise. We ask God. We believed in faith. And for a little while, for the first day, we pulled on the rope and for the first week, we pulled on the rope. And for the first month, we pulled on the rope. All right, buddy, you can stop right there. And we couldn't see into the supernatural, but the promise was closer than we ever could have imagined. And then something came along, and it told us, well, we prayed, we spoke the right thing, and it never showed up. It must not be God's will. One of the biggest temptations for us to drop our rope of faith is what? Timing. Timing. God, I, I thought I was going to be here by now. I thought I'd be healed by now. I thought things would be different by now. I thought my family would be changed by now. God, I thought my dad would be saved by now. And what happens? Must not be God's will. And the promise was closer than we ever could have imagined, but we dropped it. And God, just like in the book of Daniel, what happened? God sent 
the answer, but what? There's a spiritual enemy who's sending things to block it and to keep it from getting to you. Our job is to help them out. Our job is to help the promise get to us. This is why the, the word of God is called a sword. It's because when you speak it, you're striking down the enemy. And many times I never get to experience the promise in the physical and touch it and, and live it because along the way I thought, well, I must not be God. And I stopped believing and I stopped speaking and I never got to experience it. All right, guys, you can take that off. Give, give Gavin a huge round of applause here as he goes. Thanks, Bubba. In the book of James 1, it says this as we wrap up here. James 1 says this, But let him ask in faith, that's what we're talking about today, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It's almost as if we have a couple extremes here when it comes to believing and with doubt. Jesus says, if you say and you believe and you ask in faith, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, what do you say? Anything would be possible. There would be nothing impossible for you. James comes along, the brother of Jesus, and what's he say? If you're doubting, he says, don't suppose that you would receive anything from the Lord. Doubt and unbelief is a wicked thing. It's not something to take pride in. I talk to too many believers who they take pride in being critical of God's word or analyzing it. Well, I'm just kind of an analytical person. I like to take it and I, I like to see if that's really true. And they get so deep into it or so far into it that they can't take the simple gospel and say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that God's that good, that Jesus paid that price so that if he said it, I can live it if I believe. If I believe. Doubting makes us unstable in all of our ways. It puts us on shaky ground. What does he say? Doubting is equal to a double-minded person. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Double-minded, what is he talking about? He's talking about what? Part of me, part of my mind is the mind of Christ in the kingdom. The other half is the world. Yeah, I go to church and I believe and I know that I'm saved, but I don't know about all that extra stuff. I don't know about that Holy Spirit. I don't know if I can really experience healing. I don't know if it's really God's will for me to live that way. Double-minded. And when I'm double-minded, and when I read God's word and I say, yeah, but that was Jesus. That was his disciples. Don't suppose that I would receive anything. Don't suppose I would receive anything. Double-minded. It's a wicked thing, and it keeps us from God's best. But how easy it is to say, yeah, but. But who does that sound like? Go to the garden, go to Eve, and go to the serpent. Did God really say? Did he really? Yeah, but he said that because of this. It's wicked. It's double-minded. And why is that so important for us? Why do we do a whole series, eight weeks now, on prayer? Because God is sovereign. He is. He's an amazing God. He's all-knowing. 
But what does he say? He says, I want to partner with my people so that my will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's what Jesus said to pray. God has said, I am sovereign, but I have bound myself to this book. I've bound myself to this word. And I'm, I'm believing that my faith-filled children will believe this enough to see it through so that my will can be done. If we don't do our part, God can't move. You know the story of Jesus, whenever he goes and he visits one of his friends, Lazarus, and Lazarus is actually dead. He's been dead for several days. Whenever Jesus goes and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, spoiler alert, he shows up. He's going to raise him from the dead. But what does he say? He says, move the stone so that we can, so we can get to Lazarus. Everyone says, there's a group of people say, what? Jesus, he's going to stink. If we crack open that seal, it's going to smell bad. It's going to be a smell of death out here. But what does Jesus say? Move the stone. What's he waiting for? An act of faith. Will someone have the faith to move the stone, even though there's death behind it? If no one moves the stone, does Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? No, maybe not. Why? He wants to partner with you. When you move, he moves. When I align my heart with God's word and I speak his word and I ask in faith, what happens? I can experience his promises. Look at this, Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. What is that? Your faith rope. The rope of faith. Don't throw that thing away. Don't throw away your confident trust in him. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Look at this. Then you will receive all that he has promised you. When? When I don't throw away my faith in him. It's the faith rope. Ask in faith. Speak God's word in the waiting. Pull that rope in by your words. And then what happens? Then you will receive all that God has promised. Let me say it again. You, you individually, will receive all that God has promised. No matter how big, no matter how small, he's got your back. Let's look at our reflection questions here for our community groups this week. Simply this, what do you believe in God for? Have you actually asked? Have you asked in faith? Or are you just hoping that God's will will be done and hopefully it'll happen in your life? Fingers crossed. What do you believe in God for? Just as important, what verses are you speaking? Do you know what God's word says about that? Do you know what God's word says about your situation specifically? There's a ton of verses in there, I guarantee you. What does it say? Action steps. Let's look at these ones. Put all this into, into practice. Ask in faith. If I don't ask, what? You have not because you ask not. Speak God's word. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we said a few weeks ago, you can, God can will life for you. He can will abundant life for you. But you can walk into that situation and speak death, and all you'll experience is death in your life. What are you speaking? Life and death. And then the last one is this. Don't drop your rope. Look, I don't know your situation in, in detail. I don't know how long you've been believing God for something. I don't know. I don't care where you're at. Don't drop the rope. It may be a day. It might have been five years. Don't drop the rope. Keep pulling the rope in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
We love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. And God, we choose to believe your word above everything. We choose to believe your word above everything. We thank you that you have promises for us, that you're a good father. You're a perfect father who has good things for us. And Lord, we choose right now to ask in faith. We choose no matter what situation we're in, we're going to speak your word. We're going to believe your word above everything. And God, whenever we feel tempted to doubt, Holy Spirit, as our helper and as our comforter, bring to remembrance the word of God so that we will not doubt, we will not waver, and we'll continue to stand in faith. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com. 